You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR, helping entrepreneurs and brands get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit njrpr.com for more details and read Nicola's best-selling book, The Power of PR. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. This week I have a very special guest on for you and if you've ever thought about writing your own book then you're going to love this episode because I'm here with Heidi Maver. Heidi is an autistic advocate and activist and she published a book and I watched this happen in real time. She self-published a book with Authors & Co which is the company that I now am partnered with, I own half of. And she made 50,000 and became a Sunday Times bestseller with her first book. So let's first of all, Heidi, talk about that book. What made you want to write a book in the first place? I think I had that thing that a lot of people have where they're like, oh, one day I'll write a book. We all say that, right? (laughs) We do, Um, I do. (laughs) And I always said, oh, one day I'll write a book. And people would say to me, you should write a book because I've had this experience. Uh, The experience that we had was that my son crashed out of school when he was uh, 15 in a mental health crisis. And then what followed was us trying to work out what happened and us discovering that he was unidentified, undiagnosed, autistic ADHD, and then realizing that I was too. So we had a period of about three years where everything in our life changed. Um, And the work that I do supports families who have the same experience as that. And people kept saying, you should write a book about this, right? But I never really thought any more than, oh, one day I'll write a book. And then Authors & Co came onto my radar and I was like, oh my God, I could actually write a book. Because I never thought, I never understood the traditional publishing process. I didn't think that my book would get put, picked up by a traditional publisher because it's quite niche, but it's very niche. Yeah. But yeah, when I started looking at what the options were with self-publishing, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. So I did. I wrote a book. Tell us <laughs> what your book is called. My book is called Your Child Is Not Broken, Parent Your Neurodivergent Child Without Losing Your Marbles. And this is massive, isn't it? Because there are so many people in this situation where they have a neurodiverse child and and some of them know and some of them are not diagnosed and they don't know where to turn with it because it's so hard at the moment to get a diagnosis and it's really hard to even, you know, get in at your doctors, let alone anything else right now. Um, And so they don't know what to do next. And you had all this experience that you could put into a book to help them. And also just listening to somebody else's journey about it, I think sometimes makes you feel less alone in it. Yeah, that was definitely, I mean, like in terms of why I wrote the book, this is the book I needed to read. And I think if you've got a book in you, that is the book that you needed to read. You can be sure that someone else did or does. And I think for for us, when we first started experiencing the difficulties and it first became apparent that he wasn't well and he couldn't go to school and, you know, it was in his GCSE year and I was really worried about him and he was really worried about his GCSE. It was awful. I felt so isolated. I thought 
there was something wrong with us. I didn't know anyone else that was experiencing this. And then gradually I started to realize that we were one of literally tens of thousands of families that have this experience. And the feedback I've had from people since the book was published, and this is exactly what I wanted, is this is the book I needed because I needed to know I wasn't going bonkers. Yeah, you weren't alone. Yeah, yeah. That's so important. And so when you wrote the book, first of all, how hard did you find the book writing process? I've obviously written a book. I didn't find the process easy. I was traditionally published. And now if I was to do it again and, and do a second book, as, as most people know who have listened to me, I wouldn't do it that way again. I would self-publish. Mm. I found it hard to make myself sit down every day and write some words. How did you yeah. find it? Yeah, same. And like, you know, I'm ADHD, so doubly same. The self-publishing route really worked for me in that respect because I had so much more control over the timelines and the planning and the way I tend to work because of my neurodivergent brain is I'm very all or nothing so I when I was on it I could sit down and write for hours and when I wasn't on it I wouldn't look at it for days and um, and one of the interesting things about the process for me was I actually booked to go away on holiday with my son we went to Dubrovnik and I was like, right, while I'm here, I'm going to write a book. <laughs> I wrote like a chapter. Yeah. And then, but, you know, I always say that, you know, many of us who are ADHD as we're deadline skaters. You know, we can only do things when it's absolutely essential that things get done. But the self-publishing thing worked for me so well because it gave me that flexibility. But I did find it hard. I think the what I didn't really factor in was that probably 90% of the time, used writing the book was thinking about it yes. and 10% was writing it That's so true. Um, but I found some kind of hacks so what I did do for me personally what worked as a, really well as a process was that I voice recorded lots of things for myself that I wanted to say and then I transcribed it and then I made it a bit more book friendly but the lovely feedback I've had about that is that for my audience, conversational tone works really well. So it sounds like you when you do. Yeah, it does. Yeah, That's yeah. What people want to want to read a book in that person's voice almost. Mm. Um, how was the experience with authors and co? How do they help, or how did they help you to get the book written and published? Honestly, the structure was really helpful to me. Um, so do this, do this, do this. I didn't do any of it. Like, <laughs> do this, do this, do this. And I just watched deadlines passing. And then they went, okay, so now you should probably be self-editing. I was like, okay, I'll write it now. <laughs> You're a bit behind. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily recommend that in Kate, unless that's the way your brain works. It worked for me. But the structure of what to even think about before you start writing was really helpful. Because I think anyone can just, well, I say anyone can, but... You can sit down and write a load of stuff, but you've got to understand, and the bit that they were really good at is why you're writing, who you're writing for, what your tone needs to be, what's the purpose of your book, what do you want people to get out of this book, rather than just waffling on for 20 chapters about whatever it yeah. might be. It gives it a kind of a reason. Like yeah, you've got to give value. And, you know, and if you're writing a book that is attached to a, a personal or a business brand, what you're trying to do with that book is position yourself as an expert or confirm yourself as an expert, you know. Um, and so you really want to be 
really intentional and strategic about what you're trying to achieve. And that's what that process was really good for me for. And I don't think I would have got that with a traditional publisher. In fact, I know I wouldn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was just told to go and write it and come back in a year. Yeah. Is what I did. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really, I was very lucky that Abby from Authors & Co is a friend, mm -hmm. um, now a business partner. And so she kind of helped me along the way on how I need to think about this to get the most out of the book, which was good. Um, did you ever think that by self-publishing, you could become a Sunday Times bestseller? Never. Neither did I. I didn't, I didn't, I'd never... I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know how that worked. It was hard enough becoming a Sunday Times bestseller with a traditional publishing route. Like, I think it's amazing that you you did this. With yeah. Self I mean, like, it's an interesting one because Sunday Times bestseller is based on the number of copies you sell from a Thursday to a Thursday in that week. Yeah. So if you have a really big week, you've got a chance. But th there's no, like, fixed number no it depends what... on the week and 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 like our books because we launched on the same day right we're like book twins we are our books were out at the same time as spare by prince no. right so like in terms of what was in the top selling they were selling tens of thousands of copies every week yeah. um but the week that we went sunday times bestseller it wasn't launch week it was about eight weeks after the book came out and actually what I think helped was there was another book out by someone else in my field an amazing illustrator author called Eliza Fricker and her book is also about it's called Can't Not Won't and it's also about children not being able to attend school it's an illustrated kind of memoir it's a lovely book her book was out and people were buying both oh that's good um and so we kind of not intentionally, but we kind of piggybacked on each other and we both went Sunday Times bestseller that week. Okay. So it's interesting that it had that kind of like groundswell. But I think the week that we went Sunday Times bestseller, I think that week we sold just shy of 3,000 copies. Yeah. So, which if like, is it like now I know that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> I have no idea what to expect at all. That wasn't even in your first week. Like the first week that I became Sunday Times bestseller, it was the first week because obviously usually it's like... It was launch week. ...the yeah. orders and all of the rest of it all added together to to get the, the few thousand that you need to become a Sunday Times bestseller. Like when I heard that you had got it like eight weeks later, I was like, what? She launched ages ago. It just that? shows you though that when you get it right for your audience... And I don't believe you can be too niche. I know that you're hot on niche, but oh, I think if you get your niche right and if you're in front of your niche, the thing that worked for me incredibly well was word of mouth. Yeah, because like, Facebook groups have the right... Oh, people. my God. People were sending me screen grabs. I've just seen your book in this Facebook group. Look what people are saying about your book. You know, so the, the Amazon reviews were great. The Good Rouge reviews were great. You know, the, the the feedback I was getting directly was great. But I knew that people were talking about my book in places that I wasn't even. That's and that's what, that's what made the difference. That's amazing. And then, when, just as you thought you'd kind of finished everything and you'd done all the things... You then got offers from traditional publishing companies to take on the book. Now, this happens more than you think. Lots of people think if I go 
if I self-publish my own book, I'll never get it in a bookshop because I won't be able to traditionally publish. When actually, if you look at some of the biggest books out there by personal brands in our industry, um, they did they did self-publish first. And it was only once they sold a few of those that a traditional publisher was even interested in them. Yeah. And then they picked them up. So, so there's no way on earth that a traditional publisher would have looked twice at me without that pedigree of having sold all those books. And I had three of the biggest publishers come to me and there was a bit of a bidding war, which was quite nice. How did you um, decide who to go with? I went with um, Bluebird, which is an imprint of Macmillan, Pan Macmillan. And the reason I went with them was based purely on professional relationships like not yeah like the the pete the publisher i liked the publisher and she made me feel good and her team had clearly all read the book um she had people in her team who had like parallel experiences to what i'd had so they understood a bit more about where i was coming from and they love bombed me like they came come to london we've got this big event Oh, look, here, here's Russell. Meet Russell. And Russell Brand appears out of the crowd. Hello, nice to meet you. (laughs) They did a great job, you know, and they looked after me and they were really kind. And that's what I needed because I was, I had conversations. I had conversation with another enormous publisher who, like everything they offered me was really impressive. You know, we'll have you in airports, blah, 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 and all of that. And I've no doubt they would have done, but I just wasn't feeling it. I and had that too. By people, right? Um, yeah, so... I think that same thing. I had two two people within two weeks, two publishers, uh, want to publish the book. And one was all like, I'll get you on television and we'll do all these, all the things that I've always wanted. But one just got the book, just yeah. got it. And that's why I went with them. Yeah. It's really interesting. Also, not to take anything away from traditional publishing, but once you get a look behind the curtain and you realise, like, they are good at what they do. You know, they're multi-million pound businesses and they've got systems and processes and they can get your book into bookshops that you probably would. You could do it as a self-published author, especially once you've sold some copies. You could. And they've just got the direct routes. I had an issue with an Amazon reviewer who was basically trolling me and they have a direct line into an Amazon sales team and they got the review taken down like within hours. That would have taken me weeks, you know, and it was a a very harmful review that was actually dangerous to my child. So because it identified them. So it was really important that that was acted on really quickly. And once you get a look behind it and you're like, oh, these people are just doing what authors and co do, but on a bigger scale. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Different connections. But I guess I didn't expect that I would go down the traditional publishing route. And I'm kind of at that stage now where I'm thinking about the next book and I'm like you thinking, right, okay, so what do I do? Do I go traditional publishing or do I go self-published? Because really the only thing that I found with traditional publishing is it is going to be in a bookshop. And I did love that, that walking into a bookshop and seeing it there. But now I've had that, I'm not sure I'd do it. The second, I don't need that anymore. And I'd rather make the money. I think that you made a lot more money because you self-published. I would never make the money that I made from traditional publishing. No. I wouldn't. Like, and, and I feel a bit icky about it because, you know, I've worked as an advocate for years and 
never really got paid. And then I wrote this book and I earned some good money. And we are now going to be able to buy a house because I've got a deposit for a house. You know, that's big stuff. You know, yeah. we've not been able to buy a house. I've not, I've been, we've been rented since Theo was a baby. So it can be, and there's no promises, but it can be life-changing in a way that traditional publishing might not be. And it's nice to see your book in a bookshop. It's nice to go into Waterstones, take your book off the shelf, take it to the counter and say, hi, this is my book. Would you like me to sign it? And they go, yes. And they give you a pen and then they put a sticker on it, signed by the author, and you go and put it back on the shelf. Um, but then you go in three weeks later and it's still on the shelf. <laughs> so, you know, whereas, you know, the majority of sales now for books are through Coming online up. retailers. Yeah, definitely. That's how we, I mean, everybody bought from, from Amazon. We had a few in, in Waterstones, but I don't think that's where people really bought them. Or independent bookshops. And you, as a self-published author, you can absolutely get your book into independent bookshops. I've got, I, my book is an independent bookshop that I did before it went, you know, with a traditional publisher. Yeah. So, so there there's little queer bookshops in little corners that I know it's in. And I know they sell, you know, so. I think you had the best of both worlds because you had that you you made the money from the self-publishing and then it got picked up and you got to see it in bookshops. Like that's the yeah. way you want to do it. You want to. And the, the reality of the situation is most traditional book publishers won't even look at you unless your audience is massive. Like they mm-hmm. wouldn't look at me until my audience was huge. I got turned down um, by some really quite small publishers because they didn't think I had a big enough audience. And then once I got the audience, they all wanted me. And that kind of put me off a bit. So I was like, so you only care about like the money side, not what the book is about or anything. No, and let's be completely honest. The reason my book was picked up was because publishers could see they could make money off it. They could buy a product that was ready to go. I did record extra content for the audiobook and I did write an extra 10,000 words, but that was because I was like, if I'm republishing this, I want it to be more. If you want my audience to buy it again, it can't just have a new cover. That's not going to be okay with me or them. But they look at a product and they go, we could buy this product, we can re-release it, and we can make some money on it. That's what, like, that's okay. That's what business is, right? That's We live in a capitalist society. Let's not pretend we don't. And... You've got to prove to a publisher that you can make them money for them to be interested. It doesn't matter how lovely your publisher is and how much they support your work and how values-based they are as a business, they've got a bottom line to make. And so you can use the self-publishing route to prove that you are marketable, to prove that you've got an audience. Like you, I wouldn't have got looked at second. No one would have given it any thought at all. I wouldn't have got a a traditional deal. And what's really interesting because I have got friends, I've got a friend who's a fiction writer. Her name is Rosie Garland. Go and check out her books. They're amazing. Um, And uh, I spoke to her and she was like, yeah, just so that you know, you'll never make your advance back. Like that's, so basically with traditional publishing, not always, sometimes they'll just give you a book deal. They won't pay you in advance. But if they pay you in advance, you have to sell the equivalent number of copies to make back what they've advanced paid you based on your percentage. And the majority of traditional booksellers will pay you about 10% on the income of your book. Yeah, so if your book hardly anything. 10 quid, if your book covers 10 quid, you'll make a pound per copy. Yeah. Self-publishing, you're making six, seven quid a copy. You know, so there's that thing to think about if you're not that anyone writes a book to make money because they, I don't think they do. Yeah. But 
if you're thinking about it as a business decision, I think self-publishing makes absolute sense. Me too. And the reason I would do it is because when you have a traditional book, you're not allowed to use it to market. So like I couldn't put a load of pages in there about the courses I've got or even QR codes to come and see what I can sell. Mm. Whereas if you self-publish, you can put whatever you like in there. And I really want to use it as a book funnel. So now that it's all out there, I would love to say, you know, I'll send you my book for free and read that because then I know that people that read the book generally come and work with me in some way. I can't do that because it costs me $16.99 to buy my own book. Yeah, whereas when you were self-published, you could just order them in, you'd have them in, you know, I've got a box in my garage still. We give them away as first editions now (laughs) because they are. But um, yeah, if I want a load of book copies to give away to people, I have to buy them from my publisher. I got yeah, 10 copies when we published. And I'm like, they're like gold dust. I'm like, no one's getting these. <laughs> <laughs> I've only got two left on my shelf. Yeah. But yeah, I think that it's definitely something to think about. Like when you're looking at writing your book, have a real think about the the reasons why you might go publish, self-publish and traditional publishing. And if if you can't get traditional publishing because you haven't got the audience yet, don't let that put you off because you never know what's going to happen when you self-publish yourself. I think that if you're an entrepreneur and if you're someone who likes to be the person that does things when other people aren't brave enough, I genuinely think that when we've got businesses like Authors & Co, they're changing the way that publishing works and you're going to be ahead of the curve here. This People traditionally have been quite snooty about self-publishing. You know, oh, it's self-published, as if to say anyone can do that. That's not true. Anyone can't do that. It's work. You know, like you've still got to put the time and the effort in. And if you're going to do it, do it with someone who knows what they're doing. And Authors & Co absolutely know what they're doing. I couldn't have done it without them. And when it came to conversations with my publishers, Abby came to meetings with me, Abby advised me, Abby sat on calls with me and said, well, the thing is, Heidi's going to need a decent advance. She did all of that for me because she could see that this had real value for me and also for Authors & Co, you know, so it's not just a, there's a relationship there, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, which is important. If you're thinking about writing a business book, Today, we started a challenge to help you do it. It's called the Get Started Challenge. It's only three days, and it's to get you start thinking about what you'd write and who you'd write it for. You can join in. It doesn't matter if you are joining in late or you're listening to this late. You can join in. I have put the link in the show notes so that you can go and catch up. You've got all week until Monday to catch up on the challenge, so just definitely go and do that. Heidi, thank you so much for coming in and talking about your journey to writing your book. I'm excited to see what you do with a second. Um, I think a second album. Yeah, I can <laughs> see that happening. But yeah, I just I think it's really important that people see all the different sides to writing a book and how it can help your business and you and position you as the expert in your niche. It's so much easier to get things like PR and podcasts when you have a book. Yeah to talk about so thank you for coming in and sharing that with us and thank you everybody for listening if you have any questions on writing a book now that i'm a a business partner in authors and co please do come and ask me anything that you want to over on instagram you can you can just add me there and um, start talking to me there and i will let you know everything you need to know i will see you next week for another episode of making money online Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. 
If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.